1988, I died. I was traveling with my family across the western part of the United States and was bitten by a snake. By the time I had died, almost all my family had also died on this trip. My sister had died of cholera and my mother had died of exhaustion. Personally, I also had died of cholera and exhaustion, and I also had died of typhoid, measles, and dysentery. And there were times that my oxen had died as well in various ways on the trip. It turned out that taking the Oregon Trail was incredibly tough, and not just for me, but for the rest of my fourth grade class. The video game we played in school, Oregon Trail, was first created in 1971, and by 1988, I had joined the thousands of school kids who had also traveled and perished along this dangerous route. But what did we actually learn? Did this give us any information about the real Oregon Trail? Or was it just given to the elementary school kids to give the teachers some downtime? For me, I learned about the reality of the Oregon Trail versus the video game. One thing I learned was that around 20,000 to 30,000 people actually did die on the real trail. They also wouldn't have had a gravestone, but a hole covered with rocks and maybe a stick cross. I also learned you and your family would have been part of a larger wagon train, and with many other families taking the trek with you, they would also die of dysentery. And why dysentery? Probably due to the poor water sanitation of this many people having to make camp and living in a cramped space. For me, I did learn a lot about the actual Oregon Trail, some from the game and the rest from an interesting teacher. And my teacher used a game to help me learn about the Oregon Trail. Now, we have games everywhere, from consoles to computers to our own phones. Video games have been created to entertain and some have managed to educate as well. So why is gamification becoming more popular amongst parents, teachers, and students? Is it because we always need to be entertained or are our game design elements good at using best practices in learning? That is one thing we're gonna try to find out. Welcome to the Instructor's Kit Bag, a podcast for all educators hosted by Army Sustainment University in Fort Lee, Virginia. I am your host, Nate Ball, and in today's episode, we're going to discuss the gamification of education and how we can utilize practices that gaming uses to help teach and aid students in retaining information. So whether anyone likes it or not, games of all sorts have permeated our society since time immemorial. But with the advent of video games, many people wonder if they have any true value in education. In order to answer this, we might need to think about why video games hold the attention that they do. In turn, this means we need to speak about video game elements, and there are a lot of them. But I wanted to focus on three game elements that video games do well and we, as educators, could easily adopt if we don't already do it in our classrooms. These three elements are scaffolding, immediate feedback, and engagement. Now there is a caveat to this, gamification does not mean you turn your classroom into a type of video game, although it could mean that if you wanted it to. What it does mean is that you set up your class in a way that uses game elements in it and helps learning with your students. The first of the three elements is scaffolding. Scaffolded learning in gaming is where the student is engaged to learn the basics. In a video game, the rules are given in a linear fashion and increase in difficulty as time goes on. The difficulty could be in how you use your character. For example, in the beginning, I may learn how to move my character around. Then I learn how to jump, then how to punch, and then maybe how to do combos. The difficulty increases by the challenges my character must overcome. Maybe there's more bad guys as time goes on. Maybe there's more complicated jumps I need to perform. Almost all of the time when the video game introduces you to new moves or actions, 
the challenges scale for you to have to perform those movements or actions in order to win. What makes this great is that the user has learned a new skill and immediately has to use the skill successfully in order to move on. So how does this translate to the classroom? When teaching students of any age or mastery level, we as educators should ask a series of questions. Am I teaching something new to the student? If yes, am I giving them the ability to apply that knowledge or skill before moving to the next topic? Like a chance to practice, if you will. And let's do an example of what that could look like. If I'm teaching how archaeologists and historians use various sources to uncover an historical event, so that later we could evaluate bias, opinions, and facts in research, then we might first learn the difference between primary, secondary, and tertiary sources. I would then be able to give them definitions and examples and then provide students with an activity that reinforces those definitions and examples immediately. Once complete, we could then go over examples of historians and archaeologists using the various sources to piece together an event. And then we could review several examples of those. When we scaffold learning like this, we are doing the second element that gaming does, and that is immediate feedback. Immediate feedback is highly sought after, not just for the student's sake, but for the educator as well. Instead of giving some feedback periodically, like homework or a quiz or a test, we could do simple and quick activities or checks on learning that can provide the immediate feedback that allows the student and the teacher to know what needs to be corrected or reinforced. A chance, if you will, to use those new skills and knowledge. In a video game, immediate feedback is given at all times. This forces the player to engage in the content and know exactly the skills and knowledge they need in order to progress. And this can be done to an extent in the classroom. Activities done during instruction can help provide feedback. If I was teaching the different styles and terminology of flags, I could go over these while the students had a sheet of paper and they could place pre-made shapes on their sheet as we went over the various designs. In this way, I could quickly check if my students were following me and if they needed help on anything. A great byproduct of immediate feedback is increased student engagement. And this creates that dynamic learning environment we're all looking for. That engagement then is our third element. By scaffolding instruction and providing immediate feedback, engagement in the classroom is naturally created. As David Merrill, the author of The Five Principles of Instruction said in an interview, and I'm paraphrasing, the goal isn't to motivate a student by trying to motivate a student. Motivation is the byproduct of effective and engaging instruction. If we as educators focus on creating a student-centric classroom, then motivation will follow as will engagement. And he's on to something, I think. Because ultimately, engagement is what will help students be successful in the classroom. And if we give them that space, they will take it. So to sum up, video games can provide educators with some great ideas for our classroom. While we focused on only three elements of game design, scaffolded learning, immediate feedback and engagement, we could also look to the literal view of gamification in our classroom. That is to say, we could create actual games with achievements and scores and competition. Our own Oregon Trail, if you will. Speaking of Oregon Trail, it is important to realize why the game was even created. So in 1971, Oregon Trail started as a dice and card game, a project developed by a student teacher, Don Rawich. His goal was to help teach eighth graders about westward expansion in the mid-1800s. Don's friend and roommate, Bill Heineman, was taking computer programming classes and thought it would be cool as a computer game. And then another roommate, Paul Dillenberger, joined in to help. The game became a huge hit and Don would eventually be hired by the Minnesota Educational Computing Consortium. And since then, Oregon Trail has sold over 65 million copies. 
And that's all because a student teacher wanted to engage his students through gamification back in 1971. And so the question for us is, what are we doing now in 2023? Thanks for listening to the Instructor's Kit Bag, a podcast for all educators brought to you by Army Sustainment University. I am your host, Nate Ball, and I just wanted to say never stop teaching, never stop learning, and never stop trailblazing.